Marilyn Guadagnino. Welcome to the Living Stress-Free Podcast. From Rochester, New York, on the edge of America. On the edge of America. Well, hello everyone. It's great to be here again for another Living Stress-Free Podcast. How's it going, Luigi? Oh, it's wonderful. I, I, I'm, I'm digging this winter weather, you know. it's. Um, I know a lot of people don't like winter. I love it. And the snow is so beautiful. Right now, if people could just see in our backyard all these hardwood trees and snow just falling mm -hmm. very gently. Mm -hmm. uh, it's almost like a snow globe out there. But but even gentler than a snow globe, it's just sort of drifting. It really is. Slow it, it's just very beautiful. Down. I was out yeah. there like at five o'clock this morning, and, and mm -hmm. uh, it was it was dark, and um, it just was so beautiful. Mm -hmm. It was just beautiful. Nobody was awake but me, and it was just I loved it. I loved yeah. it. It's so I, spiritual. I it it's very spiritual to me. The winter is so spiritual to me. I don't know why that is, but it really makes a difference in my life. Well. It could be that it's so it's so peaceful. Yes, it's a peaceful quiet. Like the snow seems to muffle everything, and that's it's it. Just the silence, a sense of silence, and silence is spiritual. Silence to me is the most spiritual thing there is, mm -hmm. and and yeah, you're right. Um, winter is got. You can feel the silence in winter when you're out mm -hmm. there. During the summer, it just seems uh, probably because the sound carries. Mm -hmm. uh, farther, but because mm -hmm. um, the traffic is the same distance from our house as always, but in the summer you can you can always hear motorcycles. Something. Well, everybody's more active. Yeah, you know, summer's yeah. such an active time. Yeah, you know, yeah. There's really um, recently uh, I've, I enjoyed watching. Um, we were watching um, one of our old meditation teachers on television. He was talking about three, three. Um, uh, What's the word? It's three not levels of ex elements. Of, elements of uh, life. Elements. And and there's the being state, the thinking feeling state, and the doing state. Right. And he was talking about how all three of those um, it's important to honor and have balance within them. And so what I love about winter is it really puts you into the being state. Yes. More so yeah, than absolutely. any of the other absolutely. seasons, I I think. Absolutely. Because summer is a very active doing well, time. Let's explain that a little bit for sure. folks who have never heard those kind of ideas. Sure. Um, first of all, the action phase or element, we all know what that is. When we're busy doing, doing things, working, whatever we're doing, picking up our kids, whatever it is we're doing. Um, so it's behavioral. The second one is, is our mind and what we think and what we feel, mm -hmm. usually while we're doing. Mm -hmm. But then there's this third element of life that most people do not recognize it's not because they don't have it it's just that they don't recognize it and that's just being and 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 being is not something i'm going to be able to describe accurately because being is beyond descriptions mm -hmm. but what it basically means is instead of doing you're being mm -hmm. And um, so those are the three elements in life there. And it's beyond thinking and feeling. Yes. So winter when you're outside and the snow is just slowly drifting down and there's no wind and everything's sparkling because snow is kind of sparkles and you're, you're, it has a way of shutting down the mind so mm -hmm. that you just are being and you're really not thinking a lot at that mm -hmm. moment. You're just in the moment with the snow. Right. Well, so. the, po the point I think of understanding being is that our minds at their roots are always silent. 
So even if you're driving yourself crazy with thinking about all these thoughts that are negative and everything, your mind at that moment is, is silent at its deepest level. And so meditation help brings us to the experience of being, which helps us experience that deep silence. Yes, yes. And the snow does seem to, at least for me, it seems to make that more obvious, more apparent. I think the secret to um, uh, changing your perception about snow and winter is everybody I know who has difficulty this time of year, their mind is not just in the present with it. Their mind is in the future about the what ifs about the snow. Like, oh my God, it's snowing. What if, you know, I have trouble driving on the road? The what if this, the what if that. And Mm -hmm. so it's very easy for the mind to get stuck in the future and concerns about the future with winter weather. Mm -hmm. But if you're like really, really, like seriously, just in the present moment with it, it's actually quite wonderful. It's beautiful. (laughs) Well, you know, if you think about it, people in the past, people, you know, hundreds and thousands of years ago, they lived by the seasons. Mm -hmm. They changed their activity levels by the season. They changed what you did by the season. You know, once upon a time before the electric light bulb, when autumn and winter came, you were going to be inactive a lot more than you were in July or August. Right, right, right. But we live in our heads. In other words, we don't live by the seasons. We don't live by what the moon is doing or what our environment is doing. We live as if the way we think about things, Monday through Friday, work week, you know, Saturday and Sunday, you get this done and do that. We live by that 365 days a year without any change, no matter what our environment is doing, Mm -hmm. which I believe Mm -hmm. brings on a lot of stress. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree, definitely. So what we wanted to focus on for this podcast is spirituality, kind of to dive into that pool a little more because um, we were just talking about this is a spiritual for us, spiritual time with the weather. But, you know, um, oftentimes you look at people focused on their physical health and their mental health, and both are ex- very important. But how often do people talk about their spiritual health? So we wanted to devote this podcast more about that. So why don't we just start with um, what, what is, why is it necessary to have spirituality in your life? Well, it's a, it's a good question. And I, I think there, first of all, we have to acknowledge that there are many different definitions of spirituality. One of the maybe positive and negative at the same time qualities is that it's an ill-defined term. It mm-hmm. means different things for different people. Right. But for me, I think what spirituality is that's really unique about it is it's the only thing that allows us to change our perception of ourselves in the world and our experience it allows us to change our experience so why don't we define spirituality so we can see how it changes perception well that's a good point because I, well, again i can only turn to what i see as spiritual for me spirituality is techniques and practices and um contemplation practices that help me see the world differently than I usually see it and experience it differently than I usually experience it. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's spiritual. 
Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, if you take somebody who's in a really hard situation in life, maybe, you know, maybe they're dying or maybe someone they love is dying or maybe they just had a horrible financial uh, problem or whatever it is. Um, spirituality is the only thing that really helps people um, change the way they're perceiving and thinking about the experiences they're going through. And it actually allows us to shift our feelings, our mood, our emotions. Uh, we, we can literally step from my life is horrible to a place of gratitude and appreciation. And that to me is, is spirituality. So what would then the end result be for somebody that shifts their perception? Like what would they then perceive? I think more love, kindness, empathy, a feeling of connectedness, a feeling that there's something higher than our own mind or ego or personality. Okay, because that's that's my definition of spirituality, okay. what you just said, all those things. Mm-hmm. Like to me, spirituality is something something greater, some love, it's kindness, it's compassion, it's that connectedness. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, that is spirituality mm-hmm. and that there's ways to increase that more in your life. And oh, that's absolutely. what you were talking about with the practices and yes. techniques. But I think spirituality as a whole is exactly what you just said. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And it's different than religion because yes. spirituality is an experience. It's, it's really, it's a state of mind experience mm-hmm. where religion often is based on belief systems with have, which have to deal with what you're thinking about something. It's on a thinking level mm-hmm. and the experience is secondary to the belief. Very much so. Where spirituality, the experience is the priority. Right. There is no need for belief. However, I'd like to just say that I don't think that that's worldwide. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a fact worldwide. I think our Western definitions, which come from Middle Eastern uh, religions, and Middle Eastern religions put an emphasis on either your ethnic background or creed, Mm -hmm. what you believe in, well, that's not, that's not, you know, we do have to be fair about this. That's not what other religions do worldwide. You know, for instance, you don't have to have a particular religious belief to be a Hindu. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's no requirement or for a Buddhist or for Taoist or for many others. So it's not true that all religions are that way. Mm-hmm. Are the religions that have been imported from the Middle East into Western culture, they're that way. So when you say Middle Eastern religions... Mm-hmm. I'm talking... I'm telling you, first of all, there's the Jewish religion, which really the other two came from. I mean, this is just my honest appraisal that Christians are often talking about the Ten Commandments. But that, that really is the Jewish religion. And I don't see any historical uh, proof that the Jews ever thought of evangelizing their faith. It seems to have been a, a, a cultural phenomenon. It was something that, that is for them. So they're, they're not like going around trying to get the rest of us to follow the Ten Commandments. No. They're simply following their own culture. So I see them as being separate, different. Um, the other two religions, Islam and Christianity, are evangelical. So they really do try to go out and evangelize, and they do try to get converts. And, and what does it mean to be a convert? It means accepting a certain creed, a certain interpretation of reality as being truth even though you don't know whether or not that is true. 
you do need to state that you you believe it's true and you need to live as if it is. That to me is not spirituality, that's religion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree, I agree. And this is where when we talk about spiritual health, we're talking about the spiritual side, not the religious side. Right, and by the way, I just wanna add, I'm not saying anything negative about Christianity. I, I'm a big Jesus lover from day one. Um, <laughs> Islam, I am, have nothing against Islam whatsoever. Uh, there are extremists and, and crazies in all faiths. Um, so I'm not saying anything about those religions whatsoever. I'm just saying I don't think religion is the same thing. In other words, when the, when, when the Pope gives a talk about the Catholic creed, for instance, he's, he's telling his flock that this is what they must believe. Well, that spirituality doesn't really have anything to do with that. And I think it's important to to kind of tease that out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And see, the problem inherently with belief systems is that they cultivate a right or wrong, good or bad mentality, which is under, I understand that. I, it's understandable with the creeds of these um, religions. But once you see your life in terms of this kind of dualistic thinking, it breeds the potential for stress. And we're all about helping people lower their stress. So whenever you see something as right or wrong, very um, polarized that way, with no gray area, it potentially could cause a lot of negative feelings. Well, and also a negative um, conflicts between people in our society. It does add, I mean, there are people fighting every single day on Facebook and, and other social media, um, you know, platforms about these ideas. They're actually angry at each other because somebody believes differently than they do. Mm -hmm. And that's a big problem that we're having. So I, th I think that, it, that actually it's not just a personal crisis. It creates a social crisis I, at, yes. at some point. Yes, yes, yes. I agree. Yeah. And it's almost like the the actual entity of belief in somebody's mind is fighting with the entity of belief in another person's yes, mind. Yes, yeah, it, it's true. It's not really them. It's yeah. not really the person. Right. It's this crystallized... Right. Yeah, sometimes I feel know. like saying it's, it's not the demons that are fighting each other. It's your ideas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's your philosophies. Yeah. Or from like how we explain things... Um, the stress within you is going after the stress within somebody else. It's really not us. No. It's our stress. It's and, our... Uh, it's, so when we talk about spiritual health, yes. it's about the experience of spirituality, not our thoughts and belief systems, but no. the actual experience, because the experience of spirituality is extremely healing. It is. It is. For instance, let's just use a simple example. Somebody comes into one of our workshops or somebody goes for a walk in nature or somebody, go, whatever, and they, they enter our workshop or their walk, you know, angry and, and really mad at, let's say, a co-worker mm -hmm. or their wife or husband, and they're very angry about them and they're very bitter mm -hmm. and thinking negative thoughts. And then if that person experiences love, experiences you know, forgiveness and healing, and their heart opens up, then their whole perception of the other person and the problem they're having completely changes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is the gift of spirituality. Mm -hmm. 
and the word love keeps coming up here and, and um, love is synonymous with spirituality you feel love when you feel a spiritual connection whether right. it be a person or with nature or with whatever whatever it is and um, and love I always say is the antidote to fear if you are very fearful and scared if you switch your attention to that which you love in your life your fear will subside absolutely um, people do this with you know certain phrases they'll use from a favorite inspirational book or scripture or they do it with mantras or right. whatever because that brings love into your heart and love is the antidote to fear so this absolutely. is part of spiritual health absolutely so it's interesting you know i um i'm finding more and more with some of the clients i have conversations with and work with that they they are not resonating with religion anymore and they are but they're looking for something spiritual mm -hmm. in life that seems to be a theme yeah the I'm people i work with more too more and more yes, me too and it's interesting and um we actually looked up um what the statistics are these days on oh this. yeah that's right yeah. and um there are 26% of the population, I believe this is in America, are now religiously unaffiliated or atheist, agnostic, or undecided. And um, this is up from 17% 10 years ago. So it's definitely increasing the amount of people that just don't connect with religion, but still want to have something. Of course. That connection, that, that spiritual health in their life. Mm -hmm. So this is exciting. It's an exciting time. It is an exciting time. And as you know, I have, uh, I'm a proponent of what I call secular spirituality, uh, which is that I believe the original spirituality, that I believe spirituality is a part of human nature, that it's an actual need. Uh, as much as food, exercise, spirituality is necessary on some level. Mm -hmm. And I believe the original spirituality didn't have any doctrines. It was just a group of us human beings out there living in what we now call primitive situations and discovering how to get in touch with something bigger than ourselves, the universe, and, and learning practices and, and using plants and all kinds of things that helped us achieve that goal. And, and I believe that's the original religion of mankind mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that um, eventually as time goes on, we will go back to that form of what I call secular spirituality because it, it because it has nothing against science. Mm -hmm. It's not something that is ever going to uh, conflict with science, and I think that's going to be important. Maybe it's not in 2020, but I, I think like a hundred years from now, people are going to look back and think this was a crazy time, and science will be very important. Yes, I agree. And it's important for us to state we're not saying anything negative about religion. And for many people, no, their religion brings them spirituality. to spirituality. Yes, that's right. And that's a wonderful thing. But we're just stating that isn't the case for everybody. Right. But if that is the case for you, that's, that's incredible. Well, how many people do you know that belong to a particular faith? And when you talk to them about particular doctrines they will openly tell you, oh, well, I don't really believe that's mm -hmm, true. Mm -hmm. But they still have been going to that church for mm -hmm. like 20 years or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And it's not just because it's their family's church. Mm -hmm. 
they're, in my opinion, what's happening is they're deriving spiritual benefits from going to that church, mm-hmm. and they're not really allowing the doctrine to be what leads them mm-hmm. in their path. And they just kind of like look the other way when they don't mm-hmm. believe in something. And then there's other people who just re- cannot do that. You know, they mm-hmm. have to follow the T, the, the letter of the rule. Right. And for them, I don't think they do get the same spiritual benefit. Right. And it goes back to how we started our talk today. Those three, the being state, the thinking, feeling state, and the doing action state, mm-hmm. those three states. I think if a person is very religious, but their religion takes form in like completely action stage or completely thinking stage, mm-hmm. if they can't dip their toe in that being state, mm-hmm. um, as part of their religion, then I think they don't experience the full benefit of spirituality. Well, I think what you just said is perfect. That's actually a great way of describing spirituality. It's when we experience the being state and we infuse Mm -hmm. the mind and our behavior with that being state. So our experience of being goes into our thinking and into our emotions and into our behaviors. And so we're kind of feeding the mind and feeding our actions through this continual experience of being. Yes, yes, yes. That's a great way of putting it. So. And there's, there's also something that, that I wanted to address today that, that I think is very important. Um, there's always been a division, particularly in psychology, I've noticed, uh, about whether is happiness something that is valid or is meaning something that uh, is, is gives us our purpose in life, which, more, which is more important. And once again, I'd like to point out that this is a real Western idea, this dichotomy between happiness and meaning. Okay, they're, like they're oil and water. You know, our interpretation of happiness is very superficial. Mm-hmm. You know, he's happy because he's got a new car. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, it's she, external. Yeah, it's always superficial, external things, and then meaning is very important. Well, not everyone in the universe thinks of it that way. For instance, again, to go back to the East, because I you know, owe them so much of what I've learned, you know, happiness to us, <laughs> to those of us who do these practices, is our very nature. Yeah. And our very human nature is meaning. Yes. So, so, again, outside of the Western world, there isn't this conflict between superficial happiness and important meaning. Mm-hmm. You know, that is something that just exists in the mind of a lot of us mm-hmm. who live here. Okay, and a lot of people who obviously are interested in psychology because that's mostly where it comes up. Well, and psychology is very based on the mind and the thinking, feeling level of existence, and that's what they're there for. So, of course, everything they explain comes from that level of thinking and feeling, but they're looking at you find meaning from what you think, and happiness is a feeling. But what we're saying is actually happiness and meaning is inherent in the being state. Yeah, happiness is our nature. It's, not in, it's not in the thinking if state. You read, <laughs> if you read the yogic texts, the, the books from India about yoga and meditation, those traditions, they're not saying meditate and practice yoga so you can feel happy like you 
you're in Fort Lauderdale and you just bought a new outfit. That's not what they're talking about. They're, they're talking about like happiness. See, this is hard for us because we were raised with Middle Eastern thought. And in Middle Eastern thought, human beings are, have a bad nature. Right, right, okay, right. They're born sinful. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, in the East, they don't think that at all. They think that our nature is infinite happiness, infinite love, infinite joy. That's actually our nature. Mm-hmm. And the reason we're suffering is because we don't know our own nature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I've had people actually say to me, well, how can you say that Hinduism or particularly Buddhism is a optimistic religion? I mean, it's all about suffering. But you've got to look into it. What they're saying is, is here's how suffering works so that you can end it yeah. and experience what is already your nature, happiness and joy. But I think it's really important for us to end this dichotomy between happiness and meaning because they're not two different things they don't have to be seen that way at all no no they don't no they don't and um i guess our main suggestion to everybody is today is to increase those experiences of being so that you can have that spirituality flowing through every part of your life. And just in our last podcast at the beginning of the year, we talked about um, eight resolutions. Mm-hmm. And we were commenting on the eight areas of life that we um, constantly um, work with people on and try and help people balance. And one of them is spirituality. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interdependent on all the other areas. And so um, accessing it through the being state is the first Place to start. Yeah, and look how much spirituality has helped, for instance, just in just Alcoholics Anonymous. I mean, yes. how many people have we heard of? How many people do we personally know that have gotten great benefit? This is a spiritual program, but they don't have a religious doctrine. Mm-mm. I mean, even if you were to do some kind of, uh, you know, s- study and, and questionnaire and you found out that 80% of the people who go to AA are Christians. You know, that's still, they don't mandate that anybody be a Christian or any particular religion. And yet, obviously, spirituality has been helping people for a lot through Mm -hmm. AA. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is the pinnacle. That's the main center of all of their teachings is spirituality. So AA is a great example that spirituality works. And in the mental health world as well, they don't, kind of stated that way but the remember the original mental um the treatment in a hospital for mental illness was they before they had medications or anything they used to put people in hospitals and give them three things um good nutrition rest and then contribution everybody had to contribute in some way and contribution is a form of spirituality it's getting outside of yourself it's giving it's connecting with others or whatever it is that you're accomplishing and everything and so that is a big part of the mental health treatment and i also you know when i work with clients that are really really suffering with severe symptoms and oftentimes there's it doesn't seem like anything is helping them they, the ones that do eventually start to improve have some kind of spirituality in their life. And mm-hmm. the ones that really stay stuck are so stuck in their thinking, feeling part of their 
existence they cannot experience any sense of spirituality and they're the ones that i've noticed seem to just stay stuck yeah well so. if the mind without the spirit is is a very dark place it, it is. It is. <laughs> i mean it really eventually is going to get to some dark places but here let's make 2020 the year of spirituality let's really focus on spirituality the whole year of 2020 yeah, to try to, to try to, I mean, we used to do that in the old days when we first started, mm -hmm. first had our place mm -hmm. on Gregory Street. We did a lot more focus on spirituality. Mm -hmm. Let's make 2020 the year of spirituality. Let's, mm -hmm. let's revisit that whole way of, of, of talking and trying to communicate to people. Absolutely. And we're actually going to start with our first workshop, uh, first course, excuse me, for 2020. And it's called Love. It's an inside job. <laughs> I love that title. I know you too. <laughs> I am a big a fan of Valentine's Day for uh, many, many reasons. It's I just like to celebrate love. And love is spirituality as far as, as I see it. And so I always like to do some kind of course or workshop around Valentine's Day on love. So so but this this year we're gonna do it um in Rochester, New York, um, four weeks, Wednesday nights, and we're going to be focusing on spiritual love and how to, uh, how you can increase experiencing love within, yep. and how that will like loot, like you mentioned, it changes your whole perception of your life and your experience and your experience yeah. of your life, and that will make your life more happy, healthy, and fulfilling. Yes. So. So anyway, you can visit our website, livingstressfree.org, for more info on yes, that. Yes, please visit us at livingstressfree.org. This is going to be a wonderful um, four weeks that we spend together. And uh, we're going to be sharing uh, ideas that go all the way back to Shaivism. And if you don't know what Shaivism is, it's a school from where yoga came from um, that's thousands of years old. Some people say the oldest uh, ideas and books in the world. Um, Buddhism is another one, and Taoism. So these are all ancient um, cultures and ancient uh, spiritual paths, and we will be sharing um, information about them that's very practical, not philosophical, not religious in nature, but um, just some of their practical tools that, that people regularly use on these paths to help them um, cope with life and to help them be more well-balanced and happier. Can't wait. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'll be there. <laughs> All right. Well, we hope everybody enjoys the rest of their day or whatever you're doing today or this week. And we look forward to chatting with you again real soon. Have a wonderful week and we'll see you next week. All right. Bye-bye.